0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Friday, everybody. It's Brewers Outlet Day. Another big weekend coming up, and another big time to stock up before that weekend begins at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Imports, Domestics, Micro Brews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water soft drinks. Snacks? They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar led by the barrels of the dills, indeed second to none and still, yes indeed, six great flavors of slushies all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket and we're in the Sunbury Motors studio Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great selection of pre-owned inventory, fabulous deals, great service department, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 and 15, and Hummels Wharf and online at SunburyMotors.com. A lot coming up today, including the King in the final half hours, we'll uh, go through and do our picks for the week, we'll have some fun there. And Penn State football fifteen days away two weeks from tomorrow at Indiana to open the season should find out the kickoff of that game on Monday Terry Smith had an opportunity this week to talk with him the Penn State Corners coach and get an idea of how each guy's been able to perform back there and I had an opportunity to talk with him yesterday
1: uh, appreciate you having me in Steve. <laughs> A lot of, lot of great memories together, so uh, I appreciate these calls.
0: Oh, just very quickly, I don't think people realize we probably would go back 30 to 35 years.
1: Yeah, easy, easy. It's been uh, some, some good years, way back yeah. when the late 80s, early 90s when I played here. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a good ride.
0: Yeah, you're the, one of the few people I can remember when I had a lot of hair. All right, so let's get... <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to, get to it. Um, last year, players had to make decisions as to what they wanted to do in terms of coming back. Tariq Castro Fields made the decision, Terry, to come back. Uh, for a variety of reasons, all personal on Tariq's side, what has it meant to you as a coach to have that voice there, and what has it meant to, to the corners to have him out there on that one side?
1: Well, you know, obviously, when you have a, a veteran player in your room, he brings stability, he brings great leadership, uh, and a guy like Tariq, who's played a lot of football here at Penn State, uh, he brings the experience that we need in the room to teach guys. You know, oftentimes, as, as the position coach, you know, you're you're almost viewed like the parent, where... The other players are kind of in here one ear and out the other, but he's the voice of reason. You know, he's the one that's experienced just about every situation that these guys are going to face. So uh, his leadership is is invaluable for us. He's he's obviously a great kid. You know, he works his butt off. He's had a great off season. Uh, The the first I guess week and a half of camp that we've been in, uh, he looks exceptional. Um, he's in great shape. He looks fast. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's smarter. I'm just excited to, to get this season going for him and, you know, just having his senior season and, you know, just so appreciative for him to bring his leadership back. You know, he had the option to forego this year. And, uh, you know, we're just appreciative that he, he came back.
0: Terry, there's another element, too. What does experience mean on his part that he understands the value of leverage as a corner, as opposed to maybe a young corner who has to learn that part of it.
1: Yeah, you know, half our battle in, in coverage is aligning properly and having that leverage to take away certain things and understanding what the defense is trying to do. You know, so whether you're in a situation where you have help to the inside, then you know your body should be on the outside of the receiver protecting the outside because that's your weakness. So, you know, those are things that as a veteran guy, he knows and understands. He knows where his inside help is, he knows where his over the top help is, and then he knows where the weakness of the defense is. So, you know, it's 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 so valuable for us to have a guy like him to help teach that to our younger guys because that's that's a challenge for our young guys understanding you know where the the weaknesses and the strengths are in the defense oftentimes when they come in you know they can cover man to man or they may understand what cover three means but they don't understand you know if they're the boundary corner where does the wheel fit in where does the free safety fit in is the defensive end dropping to that side they just know I have this deep third. I don't know anything else. Yep. So it just helps us be a stronger, better defense when, when you understand the, the concept.
0: Now on the other side, the field part, uh, I, I've always felt there are a lot of elements for a coach, Terry, I, I've always felt are tough. One is knowing as a coach that you know they need a little bit more so they're not quite ready, and the player thinking to themselves, I am absolutely ready. Joey Porter Jr. felt he was absolutely ready last year. You knew that he wasn't quite there yet. Now it's interesting in talking with Joey, he admits now after going through a year and, and learning more that, you know what? They were right. I wasn't ready. What makes him ready now?
1: Well, Joey worked tremendously hard this offseason. Uh, you know, obviously with COVID, he spent some, uh, some time home with his dad, who, you know, obviously is a former all-pro NFL player. Uh, and a former NFL coach, so um, he he had that luxury of having dad to sit there and watch film and learn how to study film and and then train physically. Uh, so he brought that back here with a different mindset of understanding. You know, I, I got I have to know the system first and foremost, and then his length, his athleticism, and his. that the combination of those things, and now he has a year under his belt of knowledge of the system, he's come back as a completely different player, so much more mature. Uh, He's a physical presence at the line of scrimmage. Uh, It's exciting to see his growth, and and we're just excited each day that he comes out. He's been extremely consistent. Uh, We know exactly what we're getting now from him, and uh, we're excited to see him out there performing.
0: Terry, it's interesting you mentioned speed. Brent Brent Pryor was on the show last month, and he said it's something that struck him. They knew Joey Porter had some speed, but they didn't realize he had this much speed. Is that how you looked at him, too?
1: Yeah, you know, when you're looking at a 6'2 plus corner, you know, oftentimes, you know, he's a long strider, so you don't realize how fast those guys are until no receiver is separated from them, And so... You know his speed is is for a guy that size. You know you just don't see it every day, and, and we're excited. He he's had a, a fabulous camp. Um, you know he's he's going to play a lot of football for us, and we're excited to see him play.
0: One of the keys you mentioned, he play he'll play a lot of football for you. You rotate your corners; they end up playing a lot of football for you. So Keaton Ellis is a guy that last year had an opportunity to play. Now he's in his second year in the system. Where is Keaton Ellis better today than he was a year ago today?
1: Well, Keaton's even smarter than he was last year. You know, he's physically stronger. Uh, he's probably a, a, a half a step faster. Um, he's tougher. You know, and Keaton's a ball magnet. I think he had three, four fumbles for us last year. Um, he, he seems to be around the football. Uh, he's had a good camp as well and you know he's he's in the mix with us you know in that rotation with our corners uh, i feel like i have five guys that can play for us at any given moment um and i'm very very happy with the progress that these guys have made and you know especially keaton as well so you know it's, it's a, a good corner room you know when you throw in there with marquise wilson who played a lot of football for us last year as a true freshman. And then, you know, Richard, freshman, Daquan Hardy, who's had an exceptional camp as well. So I think I got five guys that can legitimately play at any given time for
0: us. All right, let me take a key part of that sentence to me that you mentioned in Keaton Ellis, ball magnet. So let's talk about Marquise Wilson. (laughs) Some guys have a knack for being around the thing, whether it's forcing fumbles, he had a couple of interceptions, uh, one, I think, it was at Michigan State. The other one was in the Cotton Bowl. What is it about him? The, you know, what is it about his vision? What is it about his athleticism that makes him the kind of guy that seems to be around the ball?
1: Marquise has that rare ability of instincts, ball skills, confidence, no fear. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's traits that you can't really teach. And, you know, when the ball's in the air, every single snap, he thinks it's his. And, and it's a great trait to have. And, you know, whether it's a guy running with the football and he's able to see the ball to punch it out for a forced fumble. You know, we played, I think it was Indiana last year. Uh, they caught a ball in front of him and he punched it out and it was a critical turnover in the game for us. Um, and then, you know, obviously like the interception at the Cotton Bowl late in the fourth quarter, Um, he's got great instincts you know and and he's just a ball magnet and you know he probably played maybe 150-160 snaps last year and led the team in turnovers you know and he was tied for the the lead in in forced fumbles. so um, you you know he's just a ball magnet to every sense of the word and you know we just he's going to play a lot of football for us as well so it's you know my, my toughest challenge is to figure out who's the opposite starter of of Tariq. And, you know, that's that's a tough challenge, but all those guys are going to play a lot of football.
0: Penn State defensive backfield coach corners, Coach Terry Smith, who's been with James Franklin here since day one in his seventh season on the coaching staff here after the great years he had playing here. Terry Smith was quite a player here at Penn State, and he's turned out to be quite a coach. All right, a lot coming up on today's show. We'll talk about the NFL again. We'll get into our predictions with the King later as well. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sumbrae, the beverage supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK. patronage. Welcome, great to have you with us. Countdown is on. Brought to you by Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunday, the beverage supermarket. Countdown is on to an airtime at 6.30 and a 7 o'clock kickoff tonight. in the uh, old-fashioned backyard scraps, Sealands Grove and Shickalummy. Eagle one hundred and seven will have the shik- the uh, ceilings go broadcast six o'clock airtime seven o'clock the kickoff. Brilliant broadcast. Um, the chief, uh, whom many of you rely on, will be on WKOK. What?
2: Yeah, it should be a good All one right. tonight. I am looking forward to it myself.
0: What's wrong with with promoting the chief?
2: There's nothing wrong with promoting the chief. The chief's the man.
0: Gets it done. I mean, because if you listen to the other guy, he makes it think like he does it all by himself. I mean, I'd say, like, come on, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all me. Uh, we have a, with Sweeney Murphy's going to be on today. Yeah, Very last
2: cool. minute booking there to talk Whitey Ford and, of course, who passed away today. And Yanks raise Game Five
0: tonight. I heard this Whitey Ford story. Whitey Ford was kind of a prankster. Well, the All Star Game in 1962 was in San Francisco, and Horace Stoneham had moved the Giants from New York to San Francisco back in 1958. So, Whitey Ford and Mickey Mantle are playing at. Horace Stonem's golf club. I don't know which one it is in San Francisco. And Stonem, who's there, finds out that Mandel and Ford are there. So he calls down to the pro shop. And this is the day before the All-Star game, so it was a Monday. And he wants to speak to Whitey Ford. And Whitey Ford's like, Really? Okay. All right. Then he picks yes, Mr. Stonem. He says, Look, he says, first of all, golf for you and Mickey today are on me. All right. But I want to tell you, he says, buy anything. He said, get anything, not buy. Get anything you want in the pro shop, anything. And if you strike out Willie Mays tomorrow in the All-Star game, you're going to get it all for free. He says, look, Mays has been kind of a pain in the neck to me. He says, if you strike him out, because Ford was going to be the starting pitcher the next day in the All-Star game. He says, everything that you and Mickey got in the pro shop is on me. All right, so you get to the game and Mays is the leadoff hitter. And Ford runs the count 1-2. And then Ford, who is known to throw a little bit of a, um, a Gaylord Perry ball, <laughs> a little spitter. Once in a while, doctors this thing up, whatever, and it di- dips and dances. The whole thing slides out of the zone. May swings and misses strike three. Mantle comes running in from the outfield, this big crap on his face, laughing his backside off, and puts his arm around, waiting until we're walking off the front. Mays is looking up. He said, What is the problem here? What? says, What? <laughs> it's an all star game. And he said, no, you don't understand. We just got a whole bunch of free stuff <laughs> because of it. Man, Mandel's all excited to all these free sweaters. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> the old days. Been a tough year. Al Kaline, Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, Tom Seaver, Whitey Ford. Now Whitey Ford was almost ninety-two. Ten All-Star games, six World Series titles. Broke Babe Ruth's record, not for hitting, but for thirty-two, uh thirty-three consecutive scoreless innings in the World Series. That you broke Ruth's record. Terrific pitcher. That's when, like, like, like a game tonight. You know, instead of like leaving in the in the middle of the fifth inning, Whitey Ford throwing a complete game. Your guy, fifth inning, I'm out of pitches, I'm gone. That's your guy tonight. Whitey Ford, he'd thrown 200 pitches if it meant winning. Your guy, no. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us today, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And they also have six great flavors of slushies. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street, in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors... Here, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at SunburyMotors.com. Great to have you with us today. Uh, Major League Baseball has been taking uh, ratings beating so far, as has everybody else. This is what happens when you have oversaturation, everything going on at the same time. In sports, you have normal cycles. Well, I'm not used to seeing the NBA right now. No, part of it is you have so many choices. That's why sports are played when they're played. The Stanley Cup final gets its spot in late May, early June, after the May sweeps are over with. The NBA gets its spot for its finals, second to third week of June. Eh? Baseball as October. The NFL is the only one that, along with college football, that has stayed in their normal calendar. But you've had the U.S. Open Golf Championship, which is normally in June. Now suddenly that's being played in September. The PGA Championship, well, the PGA Championship a lot of times played in August anyway. They just had changed the calendar moving it to May. PGA Championship did great in the ratings. The U.S. Open, the lowest rated U.S. Open ever in golf. Going up against the NFL and other sports on that weekend. Stanley Cup Final, lowest uh, since 2007. If the Yankees weren't in there, the baseball story would be worse. The baseball playoffs so far have been averaging about 1.7 to 1.8 million viewers. The Yankees have been averaging two and a half million. Any Yankee games have been averaged about two and a half million. So that's brought the Major League Baseball average up. That's going to be the problem tonight for the NBA. It's opposite the Yankees and Tampa. So here's the largest market in the country. It's going to have a significant number of people watching the Yankee game because it's a win-and-stay-in game instead of watching the NBA. So the NBA is going to have a fall. the NBA... The finals are the lowest rated they've had. Continuing that problem. But games one and two won their respective nights. But game three, which was Sunday night, uh oh. The NBA finished fifth in the ratings that night for the night. 60 Minutes had more viewers. And all it was was the watch. They only showed the watch. They didn't show any segments. No, I'm just kidding. And that was uh, that was a bad sign. They'll play tonight. they'll do well tonight, but again, there'll be some siphoning with the Yankees playoff game with Tampa Bay. something that they would not be facing. in their their normal cycle, second week and third week of June. Uh, They are going to take, once the 21 season begins, they're going to take the signage off the court from what we understand from Adam Silver and also off the jerseys. Uh, Let me make a quick statement about the jerseys. And again, the key is always to remain consistent when you're doing these shows, unless there's something that really makes you change your opinion. So what I'm about to say is exactly what I said back in July when this came up. So this is going to be almost verbatim, what I said in July, before they even played a game. They said they were going to do it, and I said then, and I hold firm with it now. It's interesting that the Broncos and Patriots game is going to be on Monday night. We'll find out if the ESPN Research Department does its job. They probably will, because even though it's October and this game took place in a, in September, it is the 61st year for both the Broncos and the Patriots, but it's 60 years ago when they played the first ever AFL game at Nickerson Field in Boston, home of the old Boston Braves on the BU campus. Patrick Chambers knows it well but Nickerson Field is right on the BU campus that's where the first AFL game was ever played, Broncos and Patriots Broncos won it 13-10 to 10. Gene Mingo returned a punt for a touchdown in the game and what the AFL did right out of the gate was they said look we're going to be on TV, they had signed a deal with ABC and even though they couldn't get everybody to do it right away they had put an informal rule in place to put all the names on the back of the jerseys. That way you knew who the heck you were watching. Now, it's not like you're sitting and looking at a grainy black and white TV set. Uh, it's not like today with HD TV, color right there. But with the names in the back, when they would go to a close-up or anything like that or the end of a play, it would reinforce... The name in the mind. That's why the AFL did it. I think the Chicago White Sox were the first ones to put names in the back. They put names in the back for their visiting jerseys back in the late 50s. But that's why they did it. The AFL said, hey, look, people don't know who we are. So let's make it easier for them to figure out who we are. Blanda. But then the back of a Houston Oilers jersey. Perilli. Perilli. Put in the back of a Boston Patriots jersey. Trapuca, put that in the back of a Denver Broncos jersey. Mix, put that in the back of a Chargers jersey. Allworth. To reinforce who you were watching. Now let's move that ahead to the NBA. They put messages on the back of the jerseys. That's their prerogative. I'm not here to argue about the prerogative at all. I'm talking about the marketing of it. Talking about the marketing of the game. Everyone knows who LeBron James is. Facially, you got it. I think of most people pretty much know who Anthony Davis is. Probably are pretty good on Jimmy Butler. Who else in this series do you know? Just looking at them. Anybody? You hear the name Bam out of bio, but. You know, maybe Tyler Hero now you recognize a bit. I right, Goran Dragic, you wouldn't recognize him. Nope. Caldwell Pope, nope. Caruso, nope. With the NBA players, and I'm going to say half. Let's go with half, all right? I'm not going to say all because that would be too gross a generalization. But half the NBA players think that because they're in the NBA they think they are world famous and everybody knows them. Uh, no. They don't. And that's one of the reasons the pros for marketing put names on back of jerseys so you can then start like somebody watching not just watching but and not only the announcer saying the name but then by seeing it it reinforces in your mind as to who you're watching. See they haven't they've lost all that. In what they've done, and this is exactly what I said when they announced it in July before they even played a game. I, you know, I watched. It, I thought you know, these guys don't get it. They don't get that how uh, unrecognizable they actually are. Now, obviously, there are people that aren't Westbrook, Harden. You know, I'll get to Westbrook in a second. Uh, they. And as time goes, like you feel like I-, I don't really know who I'm watching here. I mean, look, the NFL has famous players; they all have names in the back of their jerseys. And the NBA decided not to do that because they felt that there was, you know, they felt that there was a higher calling for them. Okay, that's fine. That's the decision you want to make. Okay, I understand, right? I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about it, but from a marketing point of view, I don't realize I don't think they realize that in reality how anonymous many of them are. Tyler Hero has been has done great work in the playoffs for Miami. But he's not the guy on his team who finished runner up to the rookie of the year. The guy that beat out Zion Williamson for second place. And nobody knows who he is. It's Kendrick Nunn. He used to play at Illinois. He's played here in the Jordan Center. I mean, do you even know? I mean, I know about Kendrick Nunn because I broadcast his game, so it's easy for me. For the average fan, it's not so easy. And, they, they, they lost, and they, I think the NBA is realizing they've lost a little bit of that, so they're going to try and regain it. Um By Being more focused on that part While still focusing on social justice Now for Russell Westbrook Do you hear what he did?
2: That I didn't know
0: Russell Westbrook The Rockets get eliminated It's time to leave the bubble Which means he has to leave the hotel He left the staff An $8,000 tip Wow well, here's even more wow. The staff had to do hardly any work in his room. Russell Westbrook is a well-known neat freak. <laughs> no, seriously, he is. He That's is very. He is very ordered. Right, puts everything away. Old deal. I mean, the wait staff told me said we had to hardly do anything in his room. Yeah, they had to change the sheets, things like that. But he said but that was about it. We haven't put anything away. And when he left the room, he left it immaculate. And he still left the eight thousand dollar tip. Now that's class. That's class. I always like when we can bring out positive stories because negative drives talk shows. And you know, I mean, just listen to Matt when it comes to the Yankees. I mean, it's it's (laughs) it's just one negative anti Aaron Boone thing after another. You know, but that's an average talk show. I like talking as often as I can get into positive stuff that maybe you didn't know. Maybe uh, you look at somebody differently. But a guy who left his room spotless because that's how he always is, Russell Westbrook, left an $8,000 tip because of how hard the wait staff had to work and the staff had to work at the hotel in the bubble. That's class. All right, sweetie, Mertie, coming up. We're going to talk about the Yankees because if Matt talks about them, I don't know what I'm going to get. I could get I could get a lot of love. I could get a lot of hate. I just don't know. I mean, Matt's like Matt's Yankee mood is like a pendulum, and it's on every pitch. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Right, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. As we sit here in the Sunbury Motors Studio, big news, by the way, in the Catrillo household. Evidently, little Luke can speak Russian.
2: He <laughs> now can say da.
0: You mean he says da? <laughs>
2: All right, it's maybe I'm someone a, in between. I don't know.
0: i'm I'm a little concerned that the next word will be yet. at that point, the FBI has questions,
2: <laughs> especially <laughs> this year
0: nowadays. <laughs> you didn't say my not yet. You gotta be kidding me. She's the heart and soul of the operation.
2: <laughs> and that's what I said to her, but she actually before she does she did accounting now, she was a speech path major, and she said, that would be first because it's easier to pronounce I guess with whatever the logistics are with saying words and things like that
0: yeah plus while he's been sleeping you have a tape recorder. da da <laughs> da I mean I, I know I know how you operate I got it I, I understand that yeah. Yeah. You're, you're desperate to for the acceptance by the child I got it <laughs> that's great that's great. So he's going to be, what, a year on uh, January 1? That's right. How about that? Very, very cool. Very cool. All right. The uh, game between the Broncos and the Patriots will be Monday night. Right now the Titans and the Bills will be Tuesday night. If the Titans and the Bills do play Tuesday, that means the Thursday game between the Chiefs and the Bills will be played on Sunday, and there will be no Thursday night Everybody understand it? <laughs> you got all that? <laughs> so I make sure. <laughs> There's a lot going on, but um, let me let me quickly say something about what's going on with the NFL. Did I tell you about the news story the other day from CNN? No. CNN, which is, you know, they have a habit of putting up headlines. Um, so I'm watching. So I'm flipping through because I no offense. I really don't watch CNN. So I'm flipping through on my way to something. I don't know what. And all of a sudden I see NFL may pause season. I'm like, whoa. So then I'm, I'm watching watch for like 60 seconds i figure i better look this up and of course when they asked the head of medical protocol about this he said well look every you know every option's on the table which means every option's on the table it doesn't mean they are doing it just means like hey look you know we got like eight options here that's one of the options then they they I sat there and went what what is going on here
2: Yeah, that's embarrassing.
0: So let's but that's what they do. In other words, they got me to stop and watch them, right? And then when they were done being ridiculous, which is what they were, uh, I said I'm moving on. Well, this that's why three I I tell you about the three friends I have that um, that three people I immensely respect. Who have accomplished a lot, have done a lot of business in business and several other areas, the whole deal. And we were talking one day back in July, and the three of them looked at me and they said, "We know you have to watch, you have to check out the news because you do shows." But we, I said, one of them said, "I've stopped watching," and the other two chimed in, and said, yeah, I don't watch the news anymore." You know how bad that is. Three people who are as in tune as in tune gets tell you that they've stopped watching the news because they can't trust it wow wow
2: oh yeah actually you did tell me this yeah but it's also i think it's also part of it people are just tired of hearing about every the same thing every day too
0: no no they 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 feel that they just don't they're not getting the news they're not getting news they feel all of it is one opinion thing after another no matter what it is it's not being told okay here it is here's what happened no they 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 just stopped they said well, they were sick of it now mark can bring that up on his show and on the in the morning but these are three people that uh, to me I mean we have great conversations and they are in tune with pros and cons and so forth but they they don't watch anymore. Tells me it tells me that tells me volumes, and unfortunately you got, you've got people that run these things these networks, right? They would blow those comments off because the whole thing to them is how can we make money. Their whole thing is tell me what's going on in the news. That's a shame. Sweeney Murdy's covered the Yankees for years. He used to work here in State College, as a matter of fact. This market has produced a lot of great individuals that have moved on to great, bigger and better things. Can the same be said for anybody who stayed? Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely right. Get rid of them. <laughs> Celis Grove, me tonight. Little backyard scrap. Halftime activity, by the way, the announcers will arm wrestle.